Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. Live from KeyBank Center. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Big comeback win for the Buffalo Sabres tonight. 3-2 the final. Looked not good for the home squad after 40 minutes. Down to nothing but the third period. The Sabres come alive. Skinner, Oposo, and Tuck who gets the game winner. And Buffalo gets a huge regulation win. Brian Colesiel, Pat Malacar will be heading down to the locker room shortly. Doesn't that feel like a win the Sabres had last year where it never felt like they were out of a game? Even with all the mistakes we talked about after 40, they found a way to win this game when they just lost a game in a similar fashion just two nights ago. Yeah, and this is a game that, you know, I mentioned it with Paul in pregame. This is a team, I think, if the Sabres are going to make the playoffs, they have to be better than in the standings. Yes. Pittsburgh is aging. They've lost some players again in the offseason. And to not only come back to win, but do it in regulation where the Pens get no points. Again, in, you know, when we're talking about the standings in March, we come this back to this time here. Maybe this will be a game that we'll think about. Because both teams had 18 points going into tonight. So, yeah. yes, it's a great point. And to get the win in regulation, keeping the Penguins from getting at least one, these wins, these points add up. And whether it's in November, March, April, it, it they do matter. And, and that's something that is important for this team. Yeah, and I was even commenting with you, just the Sabres, they kind of looked at times like slow motion. All of a sudden, the third period, they looked quick. They should be quicker than this Penguins team. Mm-hmm. For, on paper, they're, they're younger um, and look in the third. The the effort, the skating was there. One of the things we talked about in the second intermission, special teams. They get a power play goal, and that was such a catalyst for the offense last year, and that was another one of the reasons they had three unanswered goals is because they took advantage of special teams in the third. Yeah, great point. The power play goals, the first of the three, kind of gets the crowd going. The second goal was Kyle Oposo. He's live with Paul. Kyle, uh, huge uh, third period for your hockey team. Uh, how would you guys go about it, and how were you able to get the victory? Uh, I just I thought we played our, probably our best period of the year. Just attacked like we just we just have been a little bit too much on our heels and, and just thinking a little bit too much over the past few weeks. And I just thought we came out and attacked, and it was uh, it was a ton of fun to to watch. And um, you know we just pressured, pressure, pressure. Every guy wanted the puck, wanted to be the guy to make a play, um, and that's that's how we need to play. Did you guys kind of start it off, I thought, between you and Krebs and when Zemgis was in the game, him, uh, even from the first period, you guys seemed to really be on your game. Uh, did you think so too? 
Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of chances to score for sure. Um, it's kind of the way that it's been bouncing this year thus far. But, you know, I thought we had a good start. You know, definitely our line brought some energy. We brought some hunt. Um, we were getting pucks back. We were disrupting them. And, um, you know, obviously Z's, Z brings it every night. And Krebsy, uh, Krebsy played an awesome game. He's been getting better and better. Um, I really liked his poise tonight. He was making a ton of plays and, and back to himself. So um, it's definitely good to see. What was the feeling of desperation in here after two periods? You don't have a goal? looks like nothing's going on even though you guys were were pushing and nothing was going in yeah we just i mean it was it was desperate you know we just wanted to we just wanted to play our game i've talked about it before we just haven't played our game and it's it's just pressure 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 go and um you know a lot of times when we do that we stop thinking and a lot of goals end up on the highlight film like that's what we had for a long time and we just haven't really had that this year and, and I thought that we just did a really good job of, of pressuring the puck and taking away their time and space and just attacking. Everybody wanted to attack and that was our mantra going into the third and we did that. You, was had, that the you had several chances in that game but how big was the piano off your shoulder to have one finally go in? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it weighs on you for sure and, you know, you just, I know where I'm at in, in my career. I know I can contribute offensively and but it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, when you have that bagel in the in the goal column for a long time, but um, I just try to continue to do the right things. You try and play the right way and know that it's going to come, and um, that's all you can do. And, and I just try to stick with it and, and got a bounce tonight, and now hopefully the floodgates open. Attack, attack, attack. Is that sort of the message you wanted to get across to the group at the end of the second period? Ras said you stepped up and said a few words to get everybody going. Yeah, I mean, just, just go. Like, quit worrying about making so many mistakes and worrying about you know giving up chances and like we didn't have that we for a long period of stretches you know last year and we just we just haven't quite been there this year and um there's there's no time like the present you know we're almost 20 games in we're almost a quarter of the way through and you know we're i think we're 500 here and and we haven't played our best hockey i think that bodes well for us if we can if we can just get back to using our legs and because there's not a lot of teams in this league that can keep up with us when we're playing like that so um just continue to to play downhill and we're gonna be okay Obviously, this is not Krebs' first scrap, but when he does get gritty in a game like that, is that something that helps you guys shake off maybe that tenseness and get back to that quick game? Yeah, I mean, I just think he's, uh, you know, he likes to get under people's skin, and, and he's good at it. And, um, you know, obviously, evident in the preseason against these guys and, and tonight. So he's uh, when he's playing like that, he's into it, and, and it definitely helps his game. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle Oposo on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Kyle Oposo gets his first of the season. He threw it towards the net where Krebs was. Pat, we actually thought maybe Krebs got the goal with how excited he was on that reaction. Yeah, and again, the going to the net, not thinking about things, exactly what Caliposo talked about. It seemed like after that first goal that the team really started to do that. And look at the shots on goal in the third period as well. The Sabres end up with 13 shots in that third. That was their best period of the night because they just kept attacking. Yeah, the word he used, attack, 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 then two other questions. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Down to the room. Now Uko, Pekka, Lukanen with Paul. Uko, you're playing a great game, and it's still 2 nothing. I mean, just a couple of mistakes, and they wind up in your net. Uh, is it frustrating coming in here after 40 minutes knowing that you're playing well, but yet you're still behind by two goals? Uh, I think it's more frustrating for the guys. I think they played really well game today. Uh, we didn't get a reward in it, you know first two and uh, we kind of maybe gave away uh, two goals there but um, you know and then for me it's just like I only 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 worry about my own job and uh, I think we we 
played one of our better periods of, uh, of hockey this year on the third, so you know we kind of earned it today. Obviously, like you said, you can only worry about your own job, but when you see them finally getting on the scoreboard, tying it up, and then Alex scores the go-ahead, I mean, what's the relief from your end of the rink? No, it feels great because that's kind of, you know, um, only where there is for me. It's just I, I'm just trying to do my best to keep the keep the game uh, as a two-goal game. You know, once it goes to three, that that makes it really hard to you know come come from behind. But um, you know, I, I think as I said, I, I think we played uh, really, really good on the third. You gave it a little extra arm pump there at the end. It seemed like you were really pumped that you guys were able to come back and win that hockey game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it hasn't been. You know the easiest easiest year yet uh, for for the guys. Maybe we haven't found our rhythm yet, but you know, say for the tenth time now, we earned it today. So uh, I think that what it made it uh, so special, and uh, you know, I, I felt good about it. Thank you, Luko Luka and on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Lukanen surrenders two, Pat. Both of them off of turnovers, and you know, overall, you got to say again, he's maybe playing the best out of the three goalies right now. Yeah, and maybe that wasn't the case going into the season, but he definitely hasn't. How do you pin either of those two goals on him when the, the, the team turns the puck over and they're instant offense the other way? I mean, it, it, it's such a reactionary play, and Crosby buries the, the shot from the slot. Eller is right there. There's almost nothing he could do on either. I know... I'm not predicting he will play tomorrow. I think there's an argument to put him right back in, but I don't, I don't, I don't foresee it happening. But I, I w- if if we find out tomorrow he's starting, I actually would like it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a plan and a rotation. But yes. if you deviated from that plan, you're right. Um, now, maybe do you say do you save him for Monday against the Rangers? You've got two tough games. Yeah, he could do that too. All right, down to the room. Alex Tuck now live with Paul. Here after 40 minutes, two nothing. Nothing's going in. I mean, how desperate did it get in here? You know what? I think the. The shot totals were pretty much even. I thought the chances for, chances against were pretty equal, but we weren't, we weren't happy. We weren't going content. Uh, Oki said some, said some things that I think everyone in here wanted to run through a brick wall after he spoke. He's the type of guy that um, doesn't matter what he says, everyone in here is going to listen. Leads by example, has a big goal for us, and it doesn't matter whether or not he scored that goal or not. He was doing all the little things, and he was – working his ass off out there, and that's what he's been doing. And uh, obviously it's it's not tough when you go through a, uh, a goalless drought like he has this season, but it just shows how resilient he is and our group is. And like I said, he leads by example, and he's the ultimate leader, ultimate teammate, and it was really good to see him get one. Kyle said that uh, he challenged you guys to play more aggressively and stop thinking. Is that basically the message? Yeah, just go. I mean, I, I feel like we can outskate that team all night. Uh, what we want to, when we put our minds to it, when we're not sitting back and letting them dictate the pace of play, and that's what we did in the third. And I, I didn't think they could, could, <clears throat> they could contain us at all. So it was really good to see. It took all of us tonight. Obviously, we had one guy go down, so we were a little short in the forward end, but we had everyone going. Everyone was ready. Everyone was committed. Everyone was sacrificing, and we did what we had to do to get the job done. Peyton Krebs was under their skin all night. I mean, he was all over them. Uh, what does that do for you guys when he's like that? Krebs, I don't know. He might be the most hated man in Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> Holy crap. That's, 
Uh, first I and Sid in preseason, then Latang. I don't know. Next, who's going to do Malkin now? <laughs> no, you know, it's good. I mean, like I said, it doesn't always show up on the score sheet when a guy makes a difference, when a guy swings the momentum our way, when a sacrifice, when he gets into the skin, when he's doing something, the intangibles, I think, will go unseen sometimes. And, and we see him in the locker and we see it on the bench. And it gave us momentum. And you know what? He, he cares so much and he works so hard. And, um, to, you know, he did. He did help us a lot tonight and I thought he had a really good game and um, you know what it's he's just going to keep getting better he's only 21 22 years old and uh, he's got a long way to go a long career ahead of him so it's really good to see him be able to find his niche and find his ability to you know what maybe it's not on the score sheet but I'm going to make a difference in the game no matter what on your goal you're obviously floating down low looking for something to come out what was it like seeing Skinner work them down low like he did on that play oh Tenacious little bugger, huh? He was, he was good. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw it happening, and, and he, he loves that play. Um, just right off the post, just trying to find that, that guy in the slot because when he's moving, when he's controlling the puck, when he's sliding off guys, spinning off guys, I mean, you see two, three, four guys just staring at him. And if you can find that area right behind him, I mean, I, I whiffed completely on that shot, and it still went in because he had all, everyone looking, even the goalie looking at him behind the net. So uh, it was an unbelievable play by him. Uh, just so hard working. I think he slipped the check. He hit a guy, took the puck, and found me in the slot. So Did you guys know you were close? I think I may have counted seven shots, whether you're over that or just wide. It, it seemed like you created, but were just missing. Did you know you were kind of close? Yeah, I think I personally missed the net five times in the first period. So mm -hmm. uh, it was, yeah, I, I had two point blank chances where I missed the net. Uh, so I really tried to bear down and try to just get the puck on net. And um, you know what? I, I, I feel that if I continue to get looks like that, I thought the one was going to go in. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to get the game winner. So it was really good. But I'm just so happy we won. Uh, I think this this team's been really pushing. We've been we've been really close and really close. And I thought in the third period we, we took that step, and we have to continue to take that step. And we have a hard opponent in the Devils tomorrow, followed up by the Rangers. So we have three and four, and we're gonna have we're gonna need everybody. And um, it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy. Uh, it's gonna take a lot of sacrifice, but I think this group's willing to do it. You know, I, I thought we were just supporting all over the ice. I, I Usually I'm not in the corner, but it was a broken play, and I had to be the bumper guy. And um, I, I thought we were moving around, and we were getting shots, and we were converging and then getting the puck back. And I thought our tenacity of getting the puck back really opened that up. Mitzi made an unbelievable play, um, stripping Carlson or Latang there um, on the power play to keep that puck in. If that ice is down, we don't score. It's a different game. So he made an unbelievable play, and then we just moved it around the outside, waited them for to commit, and Skinny found an open area. Alex, what was the mental battle in here? I mean, Kyle says attack. You guys all know you have to attack. You had gone five periods without a goal against that team. No, I know, and that's that's that can be that can mentally wear you down. It's like okay, like why why aren't we being able? Why aren't we able to score? Why aren't we able to score? And and when you continue to think about it, it just kind of builds and builds and builds. But if you can not think about that and just go and work and have fun and work for one another in this locker room, I mean, the game becomes a lot easier. Um, and you find success. And then the goals will come, and then you win games. And it's, it's easier said than done. But like I said, we're, we're ready to take the next step. You know, like you said, a, a tough stretch of games coming up. What's the key to holding on to this momentum, to what you guys have built and put together tonight and continuing that energy into tomorrow night instead of starting over? Yeah, I think just carrying the confidence uh, that everyone played with in the third period uh, starts with. Uh... Okay, I think we may have lost the last question there for Alex Tuck.
as we bring it back up here to the press box along with Pat Malacaro. I'm Brian Colesiel. 3-2 Buffalo. It's our playing final. Fast, nope, back not to sitting back. Playing as a 5-6 man unit. And we got to continue to do that. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex Talk on the post game. Brian, back to you. Okay, Paul. Thank you. Great job in the room there. Our blue and gold locker reports brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. 3-2 Buffalo, the final. Next Sabres game is tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. New Jersey is the opponent uh, from Newark. We'll have the game for you right here on the Sabres radio network. All right, for all of our local affiliates at this time, we're going to say goodnight to you. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on WGR or listening in your car on the way home from KeyBank Center, more postgame coming up. Pat and I will continue to give you our thoughts on the game. We'll get Paul Hamilton's take. But when we come back, we'll hear from Don Granado, his thoughts. Sabres come back. Three in the third. Beat Pittsburgh three to two. More coming up from KeyBank Center on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back up top. Smith left boards to the net. Luke and saving the rebound at the far post. Somehow that was kept out. Luka Pekka Luka in there. Big save in the third period. He faced 34 in the game. Ends up making 31 32 saves. That's our save of the game. Brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all new Honda lineup, visit your local upstate Honda dealer today. Welcome back to KeyBank Center. Along with Pat Malacaro, I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Sabres victorious 3-2, down 2-0, heading into the third. Skinner, Oposo, and Tuck get goals. Tuck scores with 2.44 to go in the game to give Buffalo the eventual lead. One play I want to mention, Pat, before we hear from Don Granado here coming up. How about the hustle from Dylan Cousins there in the final minute? Not only does he negate an icing where there would have been a huge face-off down in the uh, in the Sabres' end, you know Crosby's going to take that draw. Mm-hmm. He kills the Sabres on face-off. Who knows how that plays out 
Instead, he waves off the icing and then draws a penalty, which essentially ends the game. Yeah, and, and again, that's you know a player who really struggled, whether it was because he was wearing the full face shield, uh, dealing with an injury, or just really going through you know a tough stretch. He's really, that power play goal against Washington uh, starting to come out of it, and that's a play right there. Even though you don't get a point, that's something that really shows that he's starting to feel a lot better in, in a better rhythm. And, again, that was attacking, exactly what Kyle Laposo talked about, not sitting back and just uh, it, just taking the icing and figuring it out, but hustling and then basically ending the game right there. Yeah, for sure. Tuck, of course, got off to a slow start, got hot, then missed, of course, about a week of action. And then I was come back, and pretty much the offense has been getting going uh, for him. If the Sabres are going to be successful this year, get in the postseason, they need Tuck to pretty much almost mirror his numbers that he did last year. It seems like maybe now is getting back on track. And they need it now, especially with Tage Thompson out of the lineup. So, yeah, that was a big goal, and he sets up Skinner for the first one on the power play, and Skinner returns the favor. You know, Tuck even mentions he didn't get all of it, but he got enough of it because everyone is looking to Skinner to and what, what he was going to do with the puck, and so he gets two points on the night. Yeah. While we wait for Don Granado, let's get in some final stats brought to you by Level Financial Advisors. Helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. You mentioned Skinner, Pat. Eight shots. So nearly almost a quarter of the team's shots came from Skinner. Uh, he leads the way on both sides. Uh, Kyle Oposo, a real, real good night for him. He had two good looks right away to start the game. He ends up with five. One of his shots hit the post. So, I mean, in some sense, he had six shots on goal there. Okay, let's hear from Don Granado. We head down live to the media room and hear from the Sabres head coach. The second period, and you probably went out and had maybe your best period of the year after that. Uh, talk about the third period and what you guys did well to, to earn that. Just uh, we were on the attack. We were aggressive. We were fearless, went after them. And, and, uh, and yes, I said it uh, after the game. I thought that uh, turned it right back over to Oki. I thought he did a great job in between second and third. Um, and uh, even post game went right back to him for for further comments uh, because it was a great job and it was a uh, leadership move but a collective effort um, and we have lots and lots of leaders in that room that took lots of initiative. What do you think about the way that even when even when you're down to ten forwards, a lot of guys just did the little things, whether it's Dylan, you know, getting to that puck late to draw the penalty or, or what Peyton did throughout the night. Key key you know obviously you go you we've gone 11 forwards and 7d and um you 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 know part of the benefit and bonus of that is you know these are the guys fight through fight through and find a way and uh you, you know we, we we stuck with that group and, and and for that fight uh tonight obviously um and then with Zemigas going down guys had some high minutes but when you have 11 you can use you know, tuck more, you use Skinner more, you use uh, Middlestead more. So, you know, th th there, there are some advantages to that where guys can get in a quicker rhythm um, with fewer guys, and I felt that was the case tonight. You said playing fearless in the third period. You had gone five periods without a goal against that team this year. I mean, that second intermission, how much desperation or fear did you feel in your team at that point when you are down 2 nothing? Well, you know, I felt our team was a little... Uh, very competitively uh, upset. For, there's other words to describe that, but they were they were not happy, in a very competitive manner, um, and were ready to take more initiative. Uh, and that was, you know, I, I don't think they were conscious that they hadn't scored in four periods. I think they were very conscious that they felt 
they should have scored already and determined to score now. And uh, that was evident by uh, the, the action in the third. Did you feel the one line that was good all night was the Krebs line? It seemed like right from the start they were going fast, creating opportunities, especially Peyton. I mean, he, he looked really on his game. Uh, did you feel they were on it all night? Yeah, I thought all the lines were pretty good tonight, but absolutely that line was uh, um, certainly elevated, uh, and they were they generated more uh, tonight. And obviously Kyle with a big goal in the third, uh, Akposo, and yes, they were good. Oh, an update on Zemgis? Uh, no update. We'll have updates tomorrow. So I didn't get any updates uh, when I walked in yet uh, on anybody. So we'll follow that up tomorrow. What about the Green Bay situation? Was that something this afternoon he decided he couldn't go? Or? Yeah, he couldn't go, and I'll follow up on that one as well um, as I get more information. Now you talked today about how you'd have preferred to go 12-6. You explained the 11-7. How close were you to having a recall today when you found out Greenway wasn't playing? Close. I mean, we, it's, it's obvious we would discuss it. Um, you know, when we're in that situation, uh, you, weigh, you weigh things, and we felt, you know, we're, we're in a battle. I mean, you look around the league, teams are in battles. It's early in the year, and, and we just felt, let's just let this group here battle, and it turned out to be that type of atmosphere and game anyway. Uh, but to go through that with the guys here, um, was something we chose and with intent, and uh, obviously we're pretty happy with the way it worked out. Um, so, but yeah, you you absolutely think about, you know, can you should you go twelve and six, and you're weighing you're weighing it both ways. Would you expect or would you expect a recall for tomorrow? Yes, yes. We got another uh, effort or another moment to be thankful for um, tonight. How do you translate that third period into the next four games on the road? Being on the road the next four games. You know, if, you know, if you could do that and you bottle it, you, you'd make a lot of money. So that's the quest for every single team in the league is how, how do you carry it from one game to the next? And that's sports. That's why it's exciting to watch the next game. And uh, that's why it's challenging. You know, you go in every night and you got another $80 million payroll against you. And uh, it's not easy. So. Uh, we'll hop on the plane and get as much rest as we can and, and get ready to go for tomorrow. We got a big one on the power play tonight, and uh, you, Joe, mentioned attack, and it was, it was that, that is a mentality. Uh, we didn't try to pass it into that. We didn't look for something pretty, and usually when you're, you're very, very intent and aggressive, it ends up being pretty anyway, and uh, that one certainly was. Uh, the way Lukanen played, especially late, keeping that a close game for you guys. Luko was very, very good. And and where I think he was, what I liked most about him being very good is his confidence. He looked extremely confident. I thought our defenseman did a nice job again, uh, certainly on the back sides of him. You know, he covered pucks in front of him when, when it, when, and this is a team that scores a lot of backdoor goals and backdoor plays. And uh, I thought our defensemen were very good in, in that. Uh, area around him and allowed him to just focus on directly in front. Uh, and, and you can see his confidence in that knowing uh, the sides are not something he needs to worry about. And, uh, you know, a, a great job by him and uh, the whole group back there. Have you decided on Eric or Devin, or is that something you decide tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, that last question uh, to Don Gregano when he talked about the goaltenders. He said Devin or Eric. Again, when Pat and I were talking earlier, I said, 
I'd like to argue to see Lukanen go again. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not predicting it, but I'd like to make the argument for it. I just thought he's been he's been their best goalie. Uh, but back-to-back with travel, it could be pushing it a little, so I understand that. Don Granado there as the Sabres beat the Penguins 3-2. to We bring it back up here to the press box. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro, your drive home from the game, brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. 19,070, a sellout here at KeyBank Center tonight. Um, saw the Sabres come back with three in the third. We'll get to Paul Hamilton's take here in a moment. Uh, just a couple of items from Don Granado there. No update on Zemgus Gergensen's. Uh, he did not play the third period. Lower body injury. Also said Greenway not going. Uh, something that kind of came up today. They thought about a call-up, decided to go with the group here, said let them battle, uh, and we may see the call-up that maybe a lot of fans wanted to see. Maybe that means Yuri Kulik in the lineup tomorrow night. But that's your injury update brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Yeah, if Gergensen doesn't go, Pat, I think we will see Kulik play tomorrow. I doubt they're going to go down to 10 forwards for a game. Yeah, you have to make the move. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's a situation there. So And, and Don Granato was... was asked about that and did say that yeah that you would expect something so uh, hopefully neither of those in- injuries to either Greenway or Gergensen's are, are more than just a couple of days or even just a day in today and and they can get back in the lineup but you know even in, even as we talked after the second period going 11 and 7 is not ideal and having a full complement of 12 forward six defensemen you're going to have to get back to that whether you're putting yourself in a spot when you don't have uh, an extra player here these are situations you're going to run into. Now, tonight they event, they found a way to win, um, but it, it wasn't looking good for a while, so it, it was very, very uh, hard to see how, how that was going to play out. Yeah, you played the third period with ten forwards. Yeah. So, I mean, you were already down one short, and then Jurgensen's didn't play the third. The 11-7, you could argue there's pros and cons. I'd argue there's more cons. However, it's hockey, Pat. You sometimes get a guy banged up during the course of the game. I mean, then you're really rolling the dice here. I mean, if you were gonna, if that injury happens in the first period instead of the third, I mean, to play with ten forwards for almost an entire game, like that's asking a lot of your team. So I think that's another reason tomorrow, even if somehow one of these guys, Greenway or Gergens, is able to go, I'd still would make the call up to ha- at least have that other forward ready. Yeah, I would rather have tw- 12, 12 forwards and six defensemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Sabers win it three to two. Let's get your three stars in now, all from Buffalo. Lukanen is the third star, 32 saves in the win. Skinner, a goal and an assist. He had some really nice work on that game winner behind the net as he eventually got it near the front where Tuck crashed it and finished it off with the game winner. And then Alex Tuck, first star of this game tonight. He gets the game winner, and Alex Tuck is our electric player of the game, brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town Ford. Paul Hamilton's take here coming up in just a moment as Buffalo wins it by a 3-2 score. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit about you know, the team as a whole making some mistakes but finding a way to, to get the win tonight. Uh, you know, I think about Rasmus Dahlin in that category individually. His turnover led to the second goal for Pittsburgh. He eventually comes away with an assist in tonight's game. It was a milestone one for him as well, his 200th career assist. So, you know, that that's a player that it seems like he makes mistakes, but he he lets them roll off pretty quickly and finds a way to just forget about it. And I think that another, you know, individuals as a whole, you know, they they all, the, some of the parts, 
you know, in, for the Sabres tonight resulted in uh, you know, you know the, the 3-2 win. Yeah. All right, let's go down to the media room and get a couple of thoughts here quickly from Paul. Well, Paul, that third period ranks right up there with the best of the season and uh, seems like everyone's giving credit to what Kyle Laposo had to say. Yeah, I mean, and uh, a lot of people uh, give him a hard time, and uh, I think they have to learn what he means to this team and what he means to these young players. They listen to him, and uh, he had something to say at the end of the second period, and they came out and played their best period of the year. And they were creating chances before that, but they weren't bearing down. You know, how many did they miss? I counted seven shots that either went over or wide, and I probably missed some. You know, that, uh, you know, they had golden opportunities, but they didn't even make the goaltender make a save. So, uh, you know, it was a whole different story. Those, the only line, the whole game that I thought played like last year was the Krebs line with the Poso and Gergensons. It was all three of their best games of the year. And uh, Krebs was just flying out there and, and, you know, he was getting under their skin, the whole thing. I mean, it's just, uh, a great performance by Peyton Krebs and something that uh, now now that he's done that, he can build on. Paul, how about just the – let's talk about quickly that game winner there. Skinner had some real good work behind the net, but this is this is a repeated message. I feel like every time we talk about a clutch goal, one of us or both of us are saying, hey, look, someone went toward the net. Tuck is crashing the net there as that puck goes in front and – the, the game-winning goal happens right there. Yeah, Skinner scores here, his from in front. Tuck yep. scores his from in front. Krebs, uh, Krebs was in front, even you know on the Oposo goal, he threw it toward the net. Yeah, yeah. People are talking about that being lucky. Well, yeah, it went in off a of penguin, but why did it go in off a of penguin? Because Carlson has to worry about Krebs, who's going to the net. So that puts him there. When you put people there around the net, pucks can go off of them, and Krebs going to the net hard put Carlson in that position. All right, Paul, tomorrow, New Jersey. It sounds like maybe with the Gergensen's injury, Greenway uncertain, uh, even if one of them are ready to go, it maybe sounds like there is going to be a call-up for tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I would make it Kulik. I mean, Paterka got a couple of games his first year. It didn't work out, and that's fine. What he did is go down there and learn what he had to, to work on, worked on it, and and did real well after that uh, in Rochester. So, you know, if you give him a shot and it doesn't work out, you can always send him back. Yep. Okay, Paul, have a safe flight to New Jersey, and uh, we'll hear you tomorrow on the pregame show. Okay, talk to you then. Okay, Paul Hamilton with us here. Sabres victorious by a score of 3-2. to two. Okay, we're going to take a t- timeout here from KeyBank Center. When we come back, we'll get you highlights, get you Pat's scoreboard. We'll update you on the standings. What did the win do to Buffalo in the Eastern Conference standings. If you want to jump on board, now's the time to do it, 803-0550. We'll read some tweets as well. You can send them to me at BrianWGR. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame coming up here from Key Bank Center. Sabres come back, beat Pittsburgh 3-2 to the final. Along with Pat Malacaro, I'm Brian Colziel. Evan DePasquale is our network producer. Back to Key Bank Center right after this on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. That one hopped away from him. And Zahorna back the other way for the Penguins. He is flattened over on the other side of the ice. Johnson knocked him down. And the puck comes back out in center ice. Eric Johnson right there with our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Dan Dunley be on the call. Clinton Collision, we are there when you need a repair. We welcome you back here to KeyBank Center on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. Brian Colzio with you. Pat Molicaro here as well. We just spoke with Paul Hamilton. Appreciate you being with us. Buffalo coming back 3-2. We're going to get to the highlights now. We'll pick it up in the third period. Buffalo trailing 2-0. Jeff Skinner gets the comeback started on the power play with his ninth of the year. Olofsson on his forehand turns to face the net. Alex Tuck in front for Skinner. Scores! Great puck movement on the power play and the Sabres. Trail it 2-1 now with 14.47 to go in the third period. 5.13 into the third. Skinner's ninth. He found himself all alone in front. Tuck found him. He gets the first assist. Olofsson as well. Power play 2-1 Pittsburgh. Just a little over five minutes later, Buffalo tying the game. Oposo sends it towards the net, and it goes in for his first of the year. Here comes Victor Olison across the Pittsburgh line. He drops it back to Alleen to the far circle. Sent to the net. Scores! Kyle Opozo has thrown everything at the net tonight. He throws that one towards the net. And it finds a way past Nadelkovic, and we are tied at two. Good timing for Oposo to get his first of the year at 10.52. Darlene and Olofsson assist, although Krebs gets some credit. He was in front. 2-2 the score there for Darlene. It's his 200th career assist on the play. Tied at two. We go late stages of the game in the third. And some great work behind the net from Jeff Skinner. The puck finds itself out in front. Alex Tuck crashing the net. Puts Buffalo in front. From the goal line. Trying to maybe bank that one off the back of Nedeljkovic. In front scores! Alex Tuck went to the front of the net and pounds the glass as the Sabres have taken the lead with 2.44 remaining here in the third period. Great call there from Dan Dunleavy. Late stages, Tuck sixth. Skinner in middle stat assisting. 3-2 Buffalo. There's your game winner. And it's the NOCO play of the game brought to you by NOCO the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. Great play late, Dylan Cousins not on the score sheet. His hustle negates an icing, draws a penalty in the final minute, essentially that able to finish it off as the rest of the play remained in the in the Pittsburgh end, and Buffalo gets their ninth win of the season. They improve to 9-9-2 nine, nine with this 3-2 victory tonight in front of 19,070, a sellout crowd here at KeyBank Center. Uh, it'll be a while before Buffalo returns home. They've got four more in a row now on the road, beginning tomorrow in New Jersey. 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll have it for you right here, of course, on the Sabres radio network. Then next week, at the Rangers Monday, at the Blues Thursday, at the Hurricanes Saturday. It'll be a week from Sunday before Buffalo plays next year at home. That'll be on December 3rd against the Nashville Predators. But uh, four more on the road. 
Devils, Rangers, Blues, and Hurricanes. Those are all coming up next here for the Sabres as uh, those games, of course, all can be heard right here on the Sabres radio network. All right, 803-0550 is the number here. Before we get Pat's scores, uh, let's grab a call, then we'll read some tweets. Uh, Brian in Williamsville is up first with us here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. Hi, Brian, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I agree with you. Right now I go at UPL even tomorrow, but I would um, also think about dressing um, Devin Levi, and I do agree either you bring up um, Rusick, who who played already in Buffalo, or you give a shot to um, um, to Kulik, um, uh, Coolidge, I should say, down in Rochester and see what he has that brings to the table. I'd like to see one of them come up and, and succeed. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't think Lukanen will play tomorrow. It could be also, too, sitting here watching him play well, Pat, that, you know, I could be doing exactly what Don Granado gets paid to do, which is take a breath, sit back. What's the best thing? Even though I do think Lukanen right now is playing the best of the goalies, could be pushing it by saying go tomorrow uh, with travel, back-to-back, all that sort of things. Um, so, you know, do I think it would give Buffalo a good chance? I do. But, I mean, it's not to say that Devin Levi or Comrie wouldn't either. And I'm not expecting him to go tomorrow. Right, and it's not as if you're, you're asking UPL to do that multiple times. You're talking about maybe just riding the hot goalie right for this moment. Yeah. Um, and, again, the other thing coming into play is, you know, do you want to have uh, one of the other two goalies who's fresh and didn't play tonight against the Devils because you have the Rangers on Monday? You can come right back to Lukanen on Monday night against, you know, maybe the class of one of the, the top teams. And the Bruins are top, obviously the best team in, in the conference and in the league. But you know, the Rangers are certainly asserting themselves at the top of, of the standings, too, in, in their division. So, uh, you know, either way you go, uh, I think UPL probably you, you want to have him on, on Monday available and ready to go for that game. Yeah, that makes sense. You're still with the travel and the back-to-back. You, you keep your goalies fresh. Um, you know, I guess maybe Levi, you know, even though we did play this week, maybe he gets back in there, and then you can go back to Lukanen against the Rangers on Monday. Uh, you know, in terms of the call-ups, I mean, Yuri Kulik is playing really well right now. He's got 11 goals in 16 games. He's averaging more than a point a game down in Rochester right now. Uh, to me, I feel like if there's a call-up, that's got to be the guy you've got to give a shot to. But, Pat, there was even some talk in training camp and preseason that, you know, would this guy maybe make the team? The emergence of Zach Benson kind of quieted that down. He was definitely the better of the two. Um, no, You know, and th- that's not knocking Kulik in any way, but – I think if that if there's a call up coming, I think that's the guy. Yeah, it's it's the reward for how well he's been playing, and it's not just a right now thing. It's been a it's been a gradual process in developing into one of the top prospects in the organization. So I yeah, I think definitely and uh, that's the case, and and it would be a just reward for for a player playing so well in Rochester. I agree. Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate it. We can get to some tweets now. Here, you can always send me your thoughts after. Each and every game uh, on at, on Twitter at Brian WGR. All right, let's uh, read some tweets here. Kirk says, come back with UPL. He's hot, he's young, he wants to play. Points are precious, hard to get. Um, so, you know, there's that uh, one talking there that we just mentioned. Steve says, Kulik season approaching. As uh, Don, He's responding to saying Don Granado said they were already close to maybe having a call-up today, but they felt they wanted to battle with the guys uh, that are out here. 
Uh, Zach says they got to call up someone. It would still be even 11-7 without Gergensen's. I don't want to do that again. If Greenway isn't available, too. I mean, that's, that's part of the equation as well, is if Jordan Greenway, if, if this was just a one-day thing. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you, you can't. I don't think you want to go 11-7 and seven, uh, very often, especially against the teams they are playing three of the next four. Chris says this is why Oki's on the team. You lead those young players to the win column. Um, yep, I mean, that, that the value of bringing him back is beyond the ice. And, you know, I've, I've said before, the, the collective decision to still have a Poso, Gergensen's, Jost, and not trading Olofsson, those four, to me, I maybe wouldn't have done if I was Kevin Adams. I just think there's too many there. I think I could argue for all four being on the team in their own way or all maybe not be, but it's the bulk of, of and the quantity of all four maybe not allowing some of these other guys some ice time that I think maybe are ready to go in terms of the prospect system. And for Kyle Oposo, I mean, how many times do we talk about the identity of this team over the last year and how much they, the team seemed to, to connect with the fan base? And I think the, the best example of that, and we saw it on display during his um, 1,000th game ceremony, is Kyle Oposo does that. So, yeah, he, he gets his first goal of the season tonight, and you would have liked to have seen you know a goal here or there earlier in the year, but it's all the different things he brings as a leader to this team off the ice, and whether it's letting the team know that the effort or the, the play wasn't up to standard after two periods, and then Don Granato letting him uh, address the team uh, after the win as well. He's the one who got them fired up after the second, so you know a reward for, for that uh, that win to, to address the team right away after the game. I think Kyle Oposo, what he brings to the table is something that still this team is in need of. Uh, Steve commenting on Tuck saying, quote, the third period plan was just go. We can outskate them all night. Steve says, how about I'd simply not wait till the third to outskate the other team? Good point. <laughs> yes. I mean, ultimately, yes. You don't want it to come to that, but uh, yes, point well taken. Yes. Vinny says, if there's a skating coordinator, he needs to be fired. Okay. <laughs> Do, is there a skating coordinator? I don't know. Seems like, uh, you know, right, after the Ken Dorsey firing, yeah. everybody's like, We're, there's got to be a coordinator for everything, right? Fire that, yes. Uh, Matt says, look, we have the youngest team in the league. We should be out skating everyone every night. Yep, I think that's. I think that is the frustration with the with fans this season is the inconsistencies of. Okay, this team is struggling, and it's not because of the goaltending. Mm-hmm. This team is struggling because of the fact that they look sluggish. The hey, we're going to attack, we're going to pressure. That's what made them so great last year. That's what made them have that incredible run in March. They could skate by anybody, and they played like it there for that motivated last few weeks when they almost made the postseason. Why now is it so hit and miss? And I, I get why fans are frustrated with that because look what they did in the third, Pat. You know they have it in them. And I don't really look at this team. I, get, I understand on paper they're the youngest, but there's so many NHL games under the belt of all these young players. Uh, a lot of them, you know, Rasmus Dahlina talked about him, how he comes into the league as a number one pick and now you know establishes himself this, this much into his career. So, yes, they're the youngest team and in terms of years, maybe collectively and, you know, on average. But I, I don't look at this team that way as the youngest team, especially with the way they played last year. And to me, that's the part where, you know, putting it together and, and not having those lapses like they've had in their own zone, which has hindered them so much this year, is kind of like the the part where you sit back and, and, and are frustrated by the what you see. And I guess it's still, in the end, what you say there. That's what's even, I think, even more positive and bright about the future of this team, Pat, 
They are the youngest. So we could sit here and say, well, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be a lot of hot and cold. Well, because of the fact that they have so much game experience, Darlene would probably top the list at this. So you can be the youngest, which means you've got a long future ahead of you, but you also maybe don't have to have as many of those hiccups because a lot of your young guys have played a lot of NHL games and maybe have gotten some of the negatives out of their system at this point to the point where they're mature enough, even at the youngest age in the lead average-wise, that maybe they can still uh, play at a higher level than maybe what their age says. So in that sense, that's a positive. And that's one of the reasons why I liked what Kevin Adams did at the trade deadline last year. He didn't make any big blockbuster moves. He basically let this team know, I'm going to let you figure it out. Whether you make the playoffs, whether you don't, I'm going to let you take your lumps, learn from them, and and grow as a group moving forward. And that is a, a, a maturation process, I think, that this team needed to go through. And maybe we're seeing, you know, this third period tonight, you didn't have your best the first two periods. It was your own mistakes. There were self-inflicted wounds that, that resulted in a 2 nothing deficit. But you found a way in the end to come back and, and eventually be the better team. And, you know, maybe that is one sign that this team might be figuring out a way to, to kind of get out of it a little bit. Yep. Our Serve Pro first response from the fans. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for the tweets. Sabres win to go to 9-9-2. What does that mean in the standings? Well, let's uh, get to that in a moment. Let's first check the scoreboard here as we go around the league, as we go back to Pat with the scores. Thanks, Brian. It's once again brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. They're in the third period in Ottawa where the Islanders lead the Senators 4-3. to as Matt Barzell has his fifth goal of the season, Kyle Palmieri also his fifth for the Islanders in that contest. Late stages of the second period in Carolina where the Lightning lead the Hurricanes 3-1. Nikita Kucherov already up to 14 goals on the year. The Jets with a goal by Nino Niederreiter lead the Panthers 1-0. 322 to go in the second stanza there. Also in the second period in Dallas, the Stars 2, Calgary 2. And after a period of play in Minnesota, the Avalanche lead the Wild one to nothing. One game yet to get started tonight, about a half hour away from the puck drop between the Canucks and the Kraken. Vancouver out to such a great start to the season. Quinn Hughes, 31 points on the year, helping lead Vancouver to a 13-6-1 record on the season. Earlier today, the Red Wings hand the Bruins their first regulation loss at home this year, a 5-2 victory over Boston at TD Garden. The Rangers 3-1 winners over the Flyers. In overtime, the Blackhawks down the Maple Leafs 4-3. The Oilers shut out the Capitals 5-0. It was Nashville 8, St. Louis 3, while the Blue Jackets trip up the Devils 2-1. New Jersey at home tonight will remain home tomorrow for the Sabres, while the Kings run their road record up to 9-0 on the year with a 5-2 victory over the Ducks. And in a shootout earlier today, it was the Canadiens, 3-2 winners over the Sharks. To AHL action where their late stages of the third period in Rochester, the Americans and Laval tied at two apiece early in the game. It was a goal by Jeremy Davies, also Mason Jobst with a goal for the Amherst as well. Black Friday NFL action kicking off week 12 of the season, helping keep uh, week 12 going after Thursday's Thanksgiving Day games. It was the Dolphins 34-13 winners over the Jets this afternoon. Tua Tagovailoa 243 through the air with a touchdown as well. Raheem Mostert on the ground 94 carries for two touchdowns. Also to local college hockey action where earlier today it was Canisius 3-1 winners over Air Force while Niagara took on Colgate today 
and the Purple Eagles pick up a 5-2 win there. Local college basketball action also in the Northern Classic up in Montreal. Canisius shutting down Wofford 76-67, Brian. All right, Pat, thank you very much. Yeah, so the Devils and Sabres will go back-to-back. Sabres obviously have the travel. New Jersey, as you mentioned, uh, coming off of a loss, I'm sure they're not going to be happy about losing to Columbus. Yeah, a team that you talk about can get up and down the ice pretty quickly. That is a hallmark of a lot of the offense that the Devils have put together this season. Yeah, last year. Yeah, the Sabres played New Jersey just about a month ago, and they had that game uh, also on the road in New Jersey where they lost 5-4. to four. It was a really exciting back-and-forth game. If you remember in that game, uh, Eric Hollis scored the game winner with just a little over five to go. Uh, it was a 3-3 game going to the third um, in that game. Uh, Comrie played in goal. We'll see if he goes tomorrow. What do we think? Or is it, I mean, in the rotation, Levi played earlier this week in in, uh, in Washington. Maybe back to Levi here tomorrow? I, I would think that's yeah. probably the case. Now, this the second meeting of the year between the Sabres and Devils. They'll play here later in the year also, correct? Yes. This is an aside, but the Sabres will play division opponents the same amount of times as out-of-division opponents in the Eastern Conference. You play the now, Maybe this works out in the Sabres' favor because you only play the Bruins three times. But to me, that doesn't seem right. I know this is an aside and it's totally yeah. different, but you look at the way the schedule's set up and playing teams in the Atlantic is, uh, three as, many times? Times, right, as many as teams in the Metro. Well, you could also go even farther with it. You're only playing teams in your division one more game than the Western Conference opponents. Right. And you I get them twice. I understand, right. like, the, the, the schedule has to be, it's, it's a little bit goofy now because you've got so many teams in every, I'm a big proponent of every team playing at, at home and on the road against everybody else, but there has to be a better system instead of playing the Rangers and the Devils and, and the teams in the Metro three times the same amount as teams in your own division. Yep, I would agree. I don't know. I mean... And the league wants to send all the league's teams and stars all over. I mean, it's much different than it was, you know, years ago where you didn't get to see the Western teams maybe every single year. It's not like the NFL where there's only 17 games a year. So um, I, I, I think it is good, even though maybe it, may, it creates a tougher scheduling process, that every team at least comes to this building once a year. But I do hate it that, like, the Leafs maybe, you know, like last year the Leafs only came here one time, right? Right. Yeah. And – yeah, and, and so those 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 great rivalry games within your division sometimes, uh, you know, I don't need to see Boston here anymore with how they're playing. But the point's the same here. I mean, some of these nights where it's like, man, you only get to see them one all year. That's kind of weird, just as much as the, a team from the Pacific Division is. Yeah, and I was actually looking at some old schedules from the mid two thousands and early twenty tens when you played teams like the Bruins and the Maple Leafs seven times yeah. in a season, and that again that goes back to when you wouldn't have played a team like Seattle at home or on the road or Edmonton home and on the road. So I would like to keep that part of the scheduling, but maybe cut down on the conference games of the other division to add to your own division's play. Yep. Yeah, maybe it's just home and home with the Metro, and that's it. And then you add to your division at that point. Um, And, you know, in the East, the travel between the Metro and the Atlantic is essentially the same. So that doesn't really matter one way for the other. You know, you could argue, hey, if you cut some out from the West, it would make easier travel might even help teams' budgets, things like that. But um, when it's only one trip, I guess, you know. And you know what? Now, too, there are so many more fans of teams in other cities. Or, you know, it's a very popular thing now that maybe wasn't 20 years ago to do road trips now. Right. 
So it's it's an opportunity to get into every building. So I'm still in favor of that. I would want every I agree. team here. Yes. One. So you've got to keep that, which means that's that locks in 32 games, right? With the West, you want 16 times. You know, the West teams come here, and you you go to the other 16. So that locks in 32. So you got 50 more. So what do you do with the other 50 in the East? Yeah, I, I, I'd like to be in on that panel to decide how to break those down for sure. But because of the divisions being what they are, it, it can't be an even breakdown. You're mm-hmm. right. All right, let's check the standings now. Brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. All right, with the win and all the results of the games going on today, the Sabres now have 20 points, 9-9-2. Nine, nine, and two. They're three back of what would be the final team in right now. Uh, that's Detroit and Tampa. They're tied uh, for the final wild card. They would take up both wild card spots at the moment. So two teams uh, would be in with 23. You've got Philadelphia in between with 21, and then Buffalo and Montreal with 20. The Devils, who I thought was one of the best teams last year, surprising that they're three back of the Sabres points-wise. They have 17 points, obviously losing to Columbus today. They've lost three in a row, and they've only won three of their last 10. So Lindy Ruff and that Devil team not going to be a happy bunch when the Sabres meet them tomorrow. Yeah, I remember last year the story of their season was that extended winning streak. Then the fan base, which was not happy with Lindy Ruff at the start of the year, was actually apologizing to a mid-game with their chance um, because they were playing so well and had so much uh, going their way. But it was that long winning streak that set them up uh, for that playoff run. Yeah, 3-2 the final in this one. So the Sabres now... Uh, again, in pr- also, Pat, we should. This was a topic, you know, I brought up this preseason as a key. Is the home record has yes. has to be a winning record? Five and five is where they're at now. And I, I guess what, the thing I keep coming back to is, for all that's gone wrong for this team so far, whether it be th- the not getting as much offense, maybe the the expectation of you might not score as much as you did last year, but to score as little as they did early in the year, to now be missing Tage Thompson for an extended period of time, and to still just be that close, to still be at 500 at home, I think that's the reason why, if you're a Sabres fan, you're sitting here still encouraged because everything that's gone wrong this year, and you're still right there in striking distance. And the home record won't be touched until January. The Sabres go on the road now for four in a row. New Jersey tomorrow at 7, then the Rangers Monday, the Blues next Thursday, and then uh, in Raleigh to start December against the Hurricanes. The next home game will be on Sunday, December 3rd against Nashville. December has quite a bit of home games. In fact, uh, three that first full week of December when they come back, uh, they've got eight games in total at home uh, in the month of December. And uh, all the games around the Christmas break are home. Uh, They've got the Bruins on the 27th and the Blue Jackets on the 30th. So I know a lot of people that are, you know, they come home to visit family, uh, college students done with with the semester, uh, you know, those are usually fun atmospheres uh, to be at for those ones. Uh, but that obviously not until uh, later in December. Up next for the Sabres, the Devils. Pre-game tomorrow at 6, puck drop, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll have it for you right here on the Sabres radio network. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Brian. All right, that'll put a wrap here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. I want to thank our crew, Evan DePasquale, our network producer, back in our Amherst studios. Evan, thank you very much. Crew here at KeyBank Center, Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Koziel, Paul Hamilton, Tom Maddy, our engineer, and Chopin the Bulldog on the pregame. For Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, our game announcers, my name is Brian Colziel. I thank you for listening. Again, the final here from downtown Buffalo. Sabres with a comeback win, 3-2 over the Penguins. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Sabres and Devils from Jersey right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.